So when I was thinking about the best conversations I've had that might be apt for the times we're in now, I thought about a podcast I did with Duncan Trussell when I was at the MAPS Psychedelic Science Conference. And what we talk about is how the mind is something that we all have to manage internally. And when there's external stresses, like we're seeing now, it exposes our need for control. We're trying to control all these outcomes, which typically means that we haven't accepted the inevitability of certain outcomes like our own death. And Duncan is the absolute perfect person to talk about this with. And also it gives me an opportunity to update you right now that the MAPS research on MDMA-assisted psychotherapy just got another great stamp of approval from the FDA, which has announced that they can continue with their phase three trials without any modifications. And it looks like those trials are going well, just like the phase two trials had gone before. And MDMA is on the fast track, literally, to legalization. So after a few shout outs to my sponsors, we're going to give you this podcast commercial free. And I hope you enjoy this show with Duncan Trussell, who, by the way, has an amazing show out right now called Midnight Gospel. And if you haven't checked it out yet, it's animated and it weaves in some of his podcasts and some of his brilliant mind. I cannot more highly encourage you to check it out. It's called Midnight Gospel. All right, and before we begin, a quick shout out to all of my sponsors and all of my favorite companies. Of course, Onnit. Go to onnit.com slash Aubrey for 10% off everything. We're sorry we're out of kettlebells right now, but we'll get some back in a month and we're gonna continue our stock of that from that point forward and all our maces and all our clubs. But we have all our supplements and foods all ready to go. So check that out, onnit.com slash Aubrey. Of course, Peak Tea, my favorite crystallized tea. Go to P-I-Q-U-E-T.com and you get 10% off your order if you do slash Aubrey, peaktea.com slash Aubrey. And Tahitian Noni Juice, I of course had a lot of fun posting that video about Tahitian Noni Juice out in my backyard with my fiance, surprise. Uh, we'll be talking more about that in upcoming podcasts and I'll introduce you all to her coming up shortly. But that's noninewage.com slash Aubrey. It's an amazing Tahitian superfood you get 15% off and free shipping noninewage.com slash Aubrey and lastly Magic Spoon which is like all the fun of eating your childhood cereals without all of the terrible macronutrients that cereals have so go to magicspoon.com slash Aubrey get a variety pack and get free shipping so thanks to all my sponsors thanks for you guys for supporting the podcast and I love y'all and enjoy this episode with Duncan Trussell my brother, Aubrey. we're here at the Psychedelic Science Conference. We always meet in cool places. Last time it was Burning, Burning Man. Burning Man. Yeah. That's because we're freaks. <laughs> we're freaks. <laughs> and we go where the freaks gather. Yeah, that's right. And this is like information overload for freaks like us. Like yes. This is the mecca of information. Yeah, that's right. What are some of the quick highlights? We're halfway through here. What's the midway update from you as far as your wandering? Well, I kind of talked about it, man. I, 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 I don't know why I'm hesitating talking about it, but uh, last night this guy came up to me and offered me some... Um, Hape, which Hape. is which is the tobacco snuff that you sh you you sort of blast into your nose, and and like <laughs> well he he, he blasted into your nose. Or did you have the U shape? I have the U self blast. Oh, self blast. <laughs> and like ah, <laughs> oh, like what have I done? And like it's the classic mistake. Like you're at a fucking maps conference. Mm -hmm. And a guy that you've never met is casually launching tobacco particulates into his <laughs> nose that he says are also mixed with like other things like, mm -hmm. uh, so, like, uh, like charcoal. 
charcoal, some kind of like DMT stuff he said is in there. Oh, like, good. So it's a nice little mix, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear this at night. You've had a glass of wine. You kind of casually hear this. You just see the aesthetic of it. You're like, that looks cool. I want to try that, man. He's like, okay, here you go. It, it, you know, it's, it'll give you a little rush. Little rush. Yeah, this is coming from a guy who smuggled nose powders out of the Amazon to a MAPS conference, right? So his idea of little rush is probably way different than mine. Like Joey Diaz's idea of getting high. Exactly. (laughs) You'd never want to listen to Joey Diaz's dosage recommendation. We all know this by now. The world's safer for it. But like I wasn't applying the Diaz model Uh to this guy. I'm at huge mistake. Long and short of it. Um, Blow it up your nose, cocksucker. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that shit. You're out there with those fucking hippies with stinky feet shooting powders in your nose. Shit. <laughs> but I, I like, I, yeah, I did it and uh, it was amazingly painful and, 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 and like powerful. Uh, every atom of my being was suddenly like vibrating. Yeah, that feeling, it's like you almost, it's like you almost have to take a shit and you're going to blast off into space and you're going to yeah. like emit light from yeah. your whole body. Yeah. And then, then afterward, you just want to puke. And then you're just puking. <laughs> you're puking in a convention center <laughs> in front of Hamilton Morris from Hamilton's Pharmacopia on Vice. Who's awesome, by the way. I love him. Have you interviewed him yet? No, he's I've, I've cool. talked to him before. Though, One yeah. of my favorite people. On, but he's like like watching me with this, like, you know, the way he just studying, you know, as I'm yep. like, Bleh! and like, I'm surrounded by these wonderful maps people. So they're, thank God, because they're familiar with this. Sub, I, everyone there had done this before. And were, they were, I think they were just watching it, like, you know, as a form of study. And, and like, but while it's happening, they were explaining, like, your energies are being realigned right now. You need to purge. And just like any other plant medicine, what's weird about it, and again, look, I don't care about the placebo effect. If it's placebo and it works, I'll take it. Right. But you feel this intelligence associated with these things going into you, finding something, doing something to it. You're like, I could feel the, the shaman guy who gave it to me. I'm like leaning on him and he's like, do you feel it working on you? And I'm like, I, 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 I can't talk, but I'm trying to say it's found a, something in me. It's there's a blockage or I, I can't, it's deep. Uh, uh, but you're trying to understand how there's like hands in you or suddenly yeah. there's something going like ringing out some <laughs> nasty toxic deep porn hub search that you made some point one just one no that one that just went way too far hundreds of thousands of porn hub searches are being dislodged from some crevice in your spine and you're like bondage fisting video 700 russian foot fetish like yeah right yeah that maybe that's what happened because i'll tell you man i like i I, and you're trying to look cool in front of people even as you're puking i'm still like trying to pull it i was like (laughs) like you're gonna pull out it's just a purge everyone i'm purging (laughs) this isn't puke it's purge okay and then i uh stumbled back to my room fell on the floor lay there for some un i don't know how long but i woke up this morning feeling fucking great feeling amazing all this Damn. energy like it's the weirdest thing I, I think it did something oh no doubt it does i mean it's it's one of those brutal things that 
as you're in the middle of the nausea and puking, like, I'll never fucking do this again. And then if I would have seen that guy, I would have been like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Let's ride. Because the result you feel afterwards is (sighs) remarkable. You feel different. Now, I have to say there's a caveat to that. Because when I did Cambo, and I've told this story before, which is the frog toxin, where they burn me 11 times and put poison into my blood. And then you puke for, and I puke for like two hours straight. I felt no better. I felt Mm. no benefit. I felt no wisdom. Mm. I felt like an angry frog that had been tortured out of its poison. Yeah. Now finally got to have some revenge on the fucking stupid monkeys that would tie him up, piss him off (laughs) until they excreted their poison. Uh. And I really felt like that was what was going on. And I think that idea of, and maybe I know potentially there's people who've had great healings from Cambo or whatever, but to me, that just felt like this is a pissed off frog getting his revenge. My throat swole shut. I just felt shitty for like a month afterwards. So I'm not saying that you have to look at these things like everything works, but a lot of the shit does, particularly I've found the plants. Like when the plants get in there, then there's some wisdom there, it feels like. For sure. But you are rolling the dice, especially in a yeah. Marriott convention center. Like, what am I? But I'm glad I did it. But I, 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 as, it, as it was happening, I, I, yeah, just like what you're saying, I'm like, not only will I never do this again, I might never do this again because I might die. <laughs> like, <laughs> this might kill me. I'm going to yeah. die in a fucking Marriott. How long, you know, that initial rush feeling, like, if you could extend that feeling, like how long do you think you could hold that feeling before you just completely burst into rainbows? Uh, I mean, I couldn't have, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what it's doing something. I don't know. I don't, not long, man. I, it's not long. I don't want that to happen to me for, for, for any amount of time. It's yeah. like a, it's crazy that, and also it's, what's really nuts is with all these plant medicines, you think of the inception moment where where like someone was like all right i'm just gonna grind grind this tobacco up and i'm gonna mix it with like these different nuts and barks i'm gonna grind this up i'm gonna maybe like taste it Hmm, it's pretty cool but i think maybe i should figure out a way to shoot this into my nose i imagine they just smelled it right maybe they were making a powder they think they thought they were making a tea something they could mix and then they smelled it and then all of a sudden, it got in their nose yeah. and they felt it. And they're like, oh, whoa. And then they're like, let's get it in our nose further. Yeah, let's and bang I- it in like it's a nail <laughs> and a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's odd to me. The technology is out there really odd to me. And the um, the other thing that's odd is the uh, way that my westernized mind would be surprised that someone who gave me a medicine and while, by the way, while I'm trembling and I'm like, uh, uh, I'm sitting down, I've like puked a few times into a trash can, sweet people around me. You're, you're purging, you're purging there. Give me things to wipe my mouth. Uh, uh, uh. And as I'm sitting there, he's like, do you want to see who made this? Do you want to see who made this powder? I'm like, yeah, I didn't say it like that. Like, <laughs> and he like shows me on his phone, this picture of this dude with like a fucking feather headdress. He looks like a guy who could probably turn into a leopard or something. Like Did he, he have a little a little gourd, like a gourd penis cover? I can't I can't I don't remember. I mean I, I was just look gazing You were looking at his feathers, but you should was, have been looking at his genitals. I, should, I didn't clearly. get to the dick. I'm like, what the I'm just looking into his eyes, cursing him like, you motherfucker, what have you done to me? But you're seeing like 
this is the met, this is the doctor. It's like, yeah. hey, do you want to see the doctor that made the p- the pill I just gave you? And you're looking at this guy, but it's funny to me in my westernized mind when I wake up this morning, my back's been hurting nonstop. I've got a spinal stenosis from when I fucked up doing deadlifts, and but so, suddenly that pain that I've been feeling is just gone. Now I'm not saying it fixed my back. I expect it to come back at any moment. That pain, but why the fuck is that pain gone today? That's been with me for so long, and 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 my mind my westernized mind is like, no, I reject the idea that this thing that this guy told you was a medicine created by this guy who's clearly one step away from like turning into a forest tree or something. Whoever this guy is, my mind rejects that there could be potency in that medicine because I'm so indoctrinated into a westernized outlook on the way healing happens that I reject the idea, but it doesn't care that I rejected the idea any more than aspirin cares if you believe in it or not. Right. And that's pretty, pretty cool to think that, holy shit, there really might be a whole miraculous healing technology that just hasn't made its way over here yet or hasn't been translated into the language of the West yet. And it's starting to happen at this convention with these people. It's pretty cool. And that's what we're seeing. Like I just interviewed Dave Nichols, who's the head of Hefter, who's been doing all the research on psilocybin and the trials that they have ongoing alcohol addiction, cocaine addiction, OCD. They're looking at an eating disorder trial, major depression, anxiety, end of life care, spiritual. It's like, there's so many uses for these plants and so many different ways that it works. Like the classic indication for hape wouldn't be back pain. No. Right? But in some way, by affecting consciousness, which is like the master motherboard of the system, by affecting consciousness in a way, we're able to fix most of the shit. And guess what? We already know that because it's called the fucking placebo effect. And right. it works on every single thing. That's right. why every single trial accounts for the placebo effect because it works. And what is the placebo effect, everyone? Oh, it's your mind fucking fixing yourself. Right. Right. So the idea that if you enhance the mind, expand the mind, expand its capabilities in a certain way, that you can fix pretty much everything. Like we already know that, but right. now we're actually finding technologies that can enhance that. Yeah. So cool. fucking cool, man. Fucking cool. Yeah. Really cool. Being healed is so great. So, like, you know, when that happens, it's such a remarkable occurrence that it's almost makes the pain worth it in a weird way because it's just to realize like, oh my God, I've been relieved of this suffering by a, especially in a novel way, mm-hmm. unexpected way. It's really interesting. God, I mean, now I'm, de- I'm definitely going to take ayahuasca now. I know that because now that I've experienced some little bit of purging and the embarrassment of doing it in front of people, but like the after effect of like, oh fuck. Yeah, it got something out. Like a bat flew out of me or something like God, It's like, wow, I should definitely look I should do. I'm going to do it for sure now. Definitely. I just I bought a Harry Potter magic ayahuasca wand. Connor, can you go grab that to us? Let's let's bring it over to Duncan. Let's what help is him. this? Let's help him get familiar with ayahuasca. Oh, cool. Look at my little Harry Potter wand that I bought here. Oh, yeah. What is that? That's ayahuasca, my friend. Banisteriopsis copy. No shit. So what this, when you see it in the jungle, this is really wet. The bark yeah. is like really damp because obviously it's a rainforest. Yeah. And, um, you'll see them kind of pound it out and they just pound it and pulverize it and then put that in a big old pot and then shred a bunch of these leaves like chacruna, opiahe, wambisa. And then there you have the ayahuasca. But this doesn't contain the DMT. This contains... The uh, MAO inhibitor? Yeah, that makes it orally active. Is it true that these, uh, there's a problem, like these are going extinct out there, like they're running out of this stuff because of the demand? 
It takes think, a long time for one of those to grow, doesn't it? It's not. Yeah, they're not the fastest, but they're not the thro- not the slowest, and they also grow through and around everything. Like it's a it's a vine. You know? Okay, it's a vine that um, it would be hard to stamp out. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not like an old tree that would be easy to eradicate. Like right. if redwoods got you high, like the world would be fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, I think it's just about you know, conscious cultivation. But I think that's a greater conversation that people have. They're worried about, you know, just everybody coming in and flooding and, and yeah. grabbing it. But then again, I have an alternate perspective, which is we got a sick world, you know, right. and if we don't start fixing and healing people, then we're just going to fucking slash and burn that forest anyways right. for some other purpose. And ayahuasca is going to be put in a giant burn pile regardless because right. we're going to be destroying oh. our natural environment so regardless like i think there's some kind of practical practicality that's missing from this and this kind of we have to protect the native and like yeah absolutely but you know what's going to protect it the most when we realize there's shit down there that can fix all of our suffering yes. then people are going to care then people are going to start putting their actual hard dollars to preserving yeah. this land and creating ayahuasca reserves and doing the things like we got to show the world that it's worth caring about in right. ways that isn't so abstract. Oh, the lungs of the world. Great. Like the really conscious people care, but someone drinking Budweiser in Iowa doesn't give a fuck about the lungs of the world. They don't or give a fuck lungs. about their own lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're ripping fucking camel heavies or whatever. They're at war with their lungs. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, I kind of have that other perspective. Like these plants are here to heal, not just a specific small group of people. Yeah. They're here to heal the world. And yes. so we need to find ways to to make that happen. Yeah, that's the translation process. You just have to translate the data because we're like, I don't want to call it racism. I don't know if that's necessarily what it is, but it does seem that when the brown people from the jungle start talking about a healing technology that they've had for a long time that really works to heal a lot of Western afflictions that we have no real cure for, people over here are like, okay, whatever right. go play your fucking flute somewhere else psycho that doesn't right. work you quack you fucking quack no one wants to hear your shit you quack what are you what are you gonna do what the spirits did it oh the spirits <laughs> healed me get the <laughs> fuck out of here that same person goes down there to drink and they're like the spirits are after me help me <laughs> like i was like oh what about those spirits now yeah. bitch yeah. yeah exactly so it's funny we I just love that we're in this bubble here in the West and it's like nature itself has, is attempting to like get into our brains and our bloodstream to like make us stop yeah, or at least to shift our uh, momentum into a different path, into a different way. So it's fascinating to me that it's having to pierce in the same way it has to go through the blood brain barrier to get into the brain ayahuasca actually has to go through this other barrier, this kind of like the barrier of our paradigm. Mm -hmm. And to pierce through that, not only does it have to get through the underground and into our bloodstream that way, but now what's happening is it has to get into like flow charts, Excel spreadsheets. It's got to get into a series of statistical models, analyzing. It has to pierce our religion, which is science. Yes. And it's doing it. That's what's nuts is it's doing it. It's gotten into the the way it's doing it is by possessing our scientists. Mm -hmm. Scientists are now drinking ayahuasca 
ayahuasca. It's possessing their minds and using them to make the flow charts to get it to the people who have to look at the charts and be like, oh, yeah, I guess the brown guy with the flute was right. What do you know? It cures depression. What's really interesting, too, about these plants, and it kind of goes to that theory that, you know, Hamilton Southard, I know, has been on your podcast as well, talked to me that these plant and the paradigm they have is they look at them as entities and these are entities of such infinite wisdom and benevolence that for them to manifest in human form wouldn't even fucking make sense right. they have a scope and capacity far beyond that so right. they manifest as plants but the interesting thing about these plants you look at marijuana it's a weed it grows fucking easily and everywhere hard to stamp out yeah you know you look at mushrooms they literally spring up out of random cow shit yeah. Do you want to stamp out mushrooms? Good luck. luck. Yeah. Have I'm gonna have a fucking blast with that. Some yeah. random cow is just gonna shit and they're gonna come right back. Yeah, like you right. can't eradicate them. Yeah. And the same with ayahuasca in the jungle. It's a creeping vine that takes over whole areas and winds its way. Right. You know, it's these things are they come in the form of some of the hardiest and most resilient things as if they knew. Yeah, the monkeys are going to try and fuck us up at some point. Right. You know, the monkeys, but we got to be a little bit smarter. They'll figure it out eventually, and then they'll want us. And if they've eradicated us completely, they're going to be screwed. Right. Yeah, that's our, that's the, I mean, this is the hope of the psychonaut and the spiritual healer. The Right now, this is one of the great hopes for the earth. There's a few different hopes. You know, we've got the transhumanist who believes there's going to be some technological solution through AI or some merging of human consciousness with technology. This is kind of the reverse, we believe, through a merging of human consciousness with plant intelligence there's going to be enough subjective epiphanies that it creates a shift in the uh, paradigm and causes people to stop blowing people up in other parts of the world and sucking all the resources. But both of those very hopeful probabilities or possibilities are are, are probably sadly, and I maybe just because I'm not trained in positivity. <laughs> Sadly, that both of those probabilities, the more I think about it, or maybe it's just, you know, with the current times, uh-huh. I think, God, I don't know, man. Like, if I'm a betting man, like, if this is just a video game, you yeah. and me are in Vegas yeah. and we've been watching like Earth movie. Yep. And they press pause on this point right now and they're like, everything's going to change in the next uh, 10 minutes of this movie. How do you think it's going to change? Let's bet. And, and it's just, we're just betting. And we've been looking at everything. Fucking North Korea, <laughs> ISIS, Moabs, the, 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 oh wait, okay, oh yeah, the Earth thing, it's floating in the middle of a galaxy where rocks slam into it, and so when you're p- placing your bets, you gonna, how much are you going to lay on, oh no, the vine, the magic vine's going to get into the heads of enough senators that they're going to be like, oh, you know what, let's stop blowing up these people. No, ISIS is going to start drinking ayahuasca, <laughs> for sure. It's going to get into ISIS. The radical, fundamentalist, Islamic terrorists are going to be like, hold on, guys, let's take a break from the jihad and sip upon the, uh, the vine of death so that we could truly understand who we are and rid ourselves of our internal darkness. Let's stop. No. That's not going to happen. And so when you look at that, the reality of things, I don't want to be negative. I do. Well, that's fine. Take your time because I'm going to come in like a positive motherfucker yes, okay. and play the other Please, side of the I coin. Need that. I need that because the way I look at it is kind of like, okay, what is the, uh, what is the reality? I, I think, yes, things get good. Yes, for sure things get good. 
But you know, like Crowley said, when there's birth, there's blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that things are going to be smooth all the way necessarily. But when I look out, I look with a lot of a lot of optimism. And again, I love that video game analogy or that movie analogy because there's always the pinch. There's always where the odds seem almost insurmountable. Right. You show up in, uh, you know, the game, like I think one of the last few games I played was like, uh, I think it's called God of War or something. Okay, like sure. Or the dude with the little... It's cool. It's cool. And you look up and you're about to fight... fight Fucking Zeus, and Zeus yeah. is this big, and you're this big. Yeah. Like, how will I ever beat Zeus? Yeah. But nonetheless, you have the tools, and you have the way with enough skill yes. and enough attempts and enough tries. Yes. You can change that, and I think that's exactly the plot of this game that we're in. Yeah. The the enemies and the resistance has mounted yeah. and looks insurmountable, but there's a certain kind of resilience and a certain kind of forging of the human spirit that that creates there's yeah. everything has a counter reaction all of this resistance is going to create a response that ultimately is going to be strong enough i think to overcome it it's simultaneously building the positive side as it forms the resistance yes. on the negative side it can't do one without the other so we're just getting stronger and wiser and smarter and more conscious and activating more resources that are just starting to come up and I think some of it's going to be the old guard is going to die. You know, I mean, I, I was listening to this. There's actually been a study done that science doesn't really advance from scientists or anybody really changing their mind. It advances when those people with the old theories die and the new people come up. People are very, it's very hard for people to change their minds. But when you're younger and you haven't been exposed to that system and you have a new system where people are going to Burning Man and expanding their mind and those people start to seize the power you know, then I think we can see dramatic change. I'm really thankful, actually, even though it sounds kind of fucked up in a way that we haven't found the technology to advance human life indefinitely, because I think we need some old, stubborn, egoic, you know, the old guard to pass and pass the torch down to the younger generations, mm. which typically, and it's not always the case. I mean, fuck, I just had Dave Nichols in here who's 72 and yeah. Gabor Mate who's 73 and yeah. Stan Groff. I mean, it's not like it's directly, directly always about age, but I think these new ideas are going to take hold. And when these new ideas take hold, I think we'll see the shape of everything start to shift. And information ultimately is the weapon against ISIS. You know, it's the weapon against that their systems create systemic suffering, systemic yeah. pain, systemic rage, like rage. I think Marcus really described it. Rage is the acid that burns the vessel, not the victim, right? Yeah. It's like something they're holding inside that's eating them up. Yeah. And as they see information, they see a way that people could be living a different way as that starts to penetrate and they just can't resist the allure of the iPhone that's internet connected. Right. And then all of a sudden I start, I think we start to see those things evaporate, especially when we stop fucking bombing them and shit. That won't hurt. That wouldn't hurt. <laughs> that wouldn't hurt. It's a right? great way. If you like want someone to calm down, maybe stop <laughs> bombing them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Step one, stop bombing. But you know, by now, you know, it's like, again, the whole ISIS thing. It's like, I guess where I always come back to is like, all right, where are the ISIS cells living inside of me. Let me start there. Like, where's the the fascist inside of me? Where's the the obstructionary force in the universe inside of me? And then, because that is what I can deal with. I'm certainly not going to airdrop myself into some 
Syrian. Well, you did. Maybe you just maybe the mother of all bombs was your hoppe that you just took, and you just bombed your own ISIS <laughs> cells it. in your spine. Certainly, I you know exactly. I think whatever that was, you know, and I do think that that is the, what the psychedelic is is the mother of all. But it's a great way to put it. And like when you start rate waging a kind of war. And it is, you know, I, I love the Bhagavad Gita. It's not afraid to use the war terminology. Mm-hmm. And it says, go to war with your desire. Go to war with your fight this thing. Fight. And like, it's, if that's, instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to re, I'm going to recalibrate my energetic systems. Okay, yeah. fine. Or I'm going to fucking firebomb my ego. I'm going to firebomb it. Now, th- these are different windows to look at the same yeah. thing. Sometimes it's exciting to just do a surprise or sometimes. Sometimes the universe firebombs your ego and you think, surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) You're looking at your hand come to your face with a weird thing you've never seen before going, ah, what am I? Why? What did I just do? Well, what you just did is you became you. the, The universe came to you and it said, oh, hey, let me see if I can work on your back. And you thought you're the one doing it. And that's how it happened. So anyway, I like the idea of waging war using psychedelics or uh, war healing yourself using psychedelics start there if the idea is this vine is going to heal the world if the idea is that lsd is going to heal the world or some understanding of the way lsd interacts with the the neurons or consciousness then start with yourself 100 percent. let it It into you it always starts there to be of service you have to be fit for service yeah and i think the nomenclature this Words are symbols and these symbols have immense power over the human brain. And I think one of the things, let's say you're looking at, you know, a class of Marines, classically trained warriors, right? If you start to talk to them about energetic healing and letting go of your, you know, the vibrations that no longer serve you, you know, that may not be the best way to translate it. Maybe they need the Bhagavad Gita analogy to say, Listen, listen, soldier, what you have inside you is a pain center. And that pain center is sending out signals to your psyche and your consciousness to cause suffering, to cause trauma, to cause you to act in ways that prevent you from living the happy, loving, productive life that you want to live. So we're going to give you something that's going to carpet bomb that motherfucker. It's going to eradicate it from your sense of being. Are you ready, soldier? And you just, and at that point, it's like, hoorah, let's do this. You know, and I think we need to be able to have the flexibility to translate this in a variety of That's different right. ways so that people can realize like this isn't just for one type of people. This is universally applicable. I yeah. think we got to open up our language and not worry so much about the, the symbols and the sanctimony of all of it. Like we have to penetrate that whole, that whole system because we can't just heal a select few. You know, this isn't, we aren't the Jews in the desert and it's like, ah, oh, we're the chosen people. Yeah. Sorry, motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, this is like, we need to share this with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I think I agree a hundred percent. And also share it to your own tribe and share it in your own language. Yeah. It's like you get, you know, Stan, Stan Groff, he's got a language for communicating what, yeah. what it is. And you get uh, some hardcore psychiatrist who's trying to explore ways to like scan the human genome to figure out what in, uh, sites, psychoactive chemicals go best with whoever, whatever way you want it, whatever language the thing is for you, be the translator, and tra- but be the translator. That's all. Yep. Be the translator. And to be the translator, you need something to translate. That's the main thing. You need to listen. And then when you listen and hear what it's saying to you, speak it in your own language, the people around you in the right way. And, and, and then they might be compelled 
in some way or another to begin to do the work on themselves. And then that's where the thing you're talking about happens. Yep. That's how it happens. Certainly not by sitting in your fucking apartment worrying about ISIS, weirdo. Yeah. You're sitting there all, you know, fucking nod over Islamic terrorism. While meanwhile, you just fucking threw clothes at your girlfriend. Yeah. You totally. know what I mean? But I, I know that it can work because when you start to translate, like, and I really don't think you would mind, but I've started to take Donald Cowboy Cerrone down down this path. And he's, you know, we've become good friends and we've done that? consciousness work. He's a UFC fighter legend, right? Okay. But he's known for wearing a cowboy hat. He drinks Budweiser all the time. Is like the classic, you know, cowboy okay, kind yeah, of yeah, I know you're talking associated about. figure. Great dude, right? But that guy, you know, if he continues down this path and sees the benefits that the early stages of the path have shown, that guy is going to be able to translate it to a whole group of people That's that right. won't even listen to me, won't listen to you, won't listen to anybody. Yeah. And then those people are going to be able to translate it to their friends. So yeah. this ability for just this, all the voices to be heard and to come to common ground because we're all universally humans and this is a universal human yeah. treatment. And so to have, as you said, the translation coming from all of these different places. Well, I'll tell you, Here's the, here's the, you know, there's a, there's a, the, it was interesting about whatever we want to say is the force behind this ayahuasca or, or any kind of healing medicine. Uh, they, it's, you put in a lot of different bait on the fish hooks. It's really funny. There's a lot of fish hooks floating there with a lot of different baits. And uh, I think one of the things they're going to start finding out probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they started finding out what they already are finding it out. I mean, we hear every day, this is a new thing. Silicon Valley is microdosing. Yeah. You know, they're using that as an example. It's like, and they are, but I, I don't think they're the only people who are recognizing that there is a extreme advantage when it comes to taking microdoses of psychedelics, not just in like fields that require the ability to improvise and be in a flow state and be innovative. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if like in the military where we need to like fuse people together, this is that book or, or where a troop needs to function as one mind. This is, um, you know Stephen Kotler? I'm sure mm -hmm. you do. I do. And his book, Stealing Fire, great Amazing fucking book. book. I just did a podcast with Jamie. Yeah, that's the co-author okay. of the book. Yeah. It's awesome. So the idea Incredible. is like the the one of the so now it's like, oh shit. Like, and then Kotler, I don't think he says that the Navy SEALs are taking LSD. And I don't think he could if he knew that. And I think if they told him that, they would be like, Don't tell anyone this, I bet. But if the military if, okay, if Silicon Valley is finding out, oh, yeah, we take microdoses of this stuff because it gives us a severe advantage over people who don't. It's, an, it's a nootropic. Yeah. And if you think the military is hearing that and they're like, oh, that sounds good. Well, you guys do that. We're certainly not going to use that with our soldiers. Why would we give them something that increases their visual acuity or makes them work together as a team? Why would we do that? We don't need it that. Uh, the problem with that, though, is the side effects that are a little troublesome for the soldiers, yeah. which is, wait, wait, why am I killing people again? Right. <laughs> that seems to be the stubborn, pesky side effect. That's of right. That's it, though. And, but if I, I'll tell you, man, I think it's getting in there. I think it's getting in there. I, I, it's a guess. And if it's not in the military, I bet it's in the government. And if it's not in the government, I bet it's in people surrounding the government. Like, sure. come on. Once a thing works... It everyone does it like once we know uh, Ritalin 
helps your kid focus and it's going to get him better. Everybody's grades. crushing Addies and snorting them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting to think about that. And I think probably the only thing preventing it is that kind of, because they have done studies, the military's done studies on all of these psychedelics, yeah. the whole programs back in the sixties and where but, they were giving them too much. They were yeah. blasting them with hundreds of micrograms. And that's the funny videos where they're like, <laughs> what? No, I'm not marching. Excuse yeah. you guys later. I, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But yeah, on the, on the microdose tip. But I think even still, like, so for example, I was out spearfishing in Hawaii. Wow, and, cool. And it was awesome. And I Do you decided, do that a lot? I've done it a bit. Yeah, I've done it a bit. Scuba diving? No, the free diving. Whoa, fuck. That's yeah. crazy. So part of the real challenge is being able to hold your breath. And it was really yeah. choppy conditions, strong current. Yeah. Uh, I was out with Ben Greenfield, who's like a triathlete. So if it wasn't for me and him in the water, they probably wouldn't even have taken us out because the wow. conditions were rough. So the second half of the trip, I decided to somewhere between a microdose and an actual dose of psilocybin to go down there. Wow. And my ability to dive under the water increased dramatically. Yeah. My ability to, you know, like see the fish and the patterns of the reef and know where they were hiding and all of that increased dramatically. Yeah. But the side effect, you know, as I'm trying to procure fish for dinner is I would get right up on it, a long nine foot pole spear and you pull back the bungee. I would get right up on one and it would make eye contact and I'd go, all right, buddy. <laughs> you know? yeah. And at that point, you know, there's this kind of empathy where even though it was a fish and even though I'm hungry and I eat fish yeah. at that point, like, I was like, Okay, man. Like you're okay, all right. man. I'll leave you alone so that you can go eat other fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It doesn't even make any sense. But at that, that's one of the side effects yeah, of these empathic kind of consciousness things. That's right. it, it makes it more difficult to do that. And I think the military probably the only thing stopping them is they haven't figured out how, how to stop to, that. How to stop that pesky little side effect. That's right. You're probably right. You're probably right. And that pesky little side effect is the hope of the world. Right. And that pesky little side effect is a pesky little side effect of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Not just these plant medicines. It just happens that these medicines work really fast and they're kind of sexy. Yeah. They're fashionable. They're cool. Like it's cool. You can like talk, oh man, I did ayahuasca. Really? What was it like? It's cool. So it's like, there's all these different like ways that it's luring the children in, you know, mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because it's, it doesn't really care how it's taking on many forms and I love that and it's a beautiful thing so hopefully it will eventually and well it is though but think about it here's the thing how is MDMA becoming prescribable thanks to Rick Doblin well PTSD yep so it's like okay we're gonna get this empathogen into the bloodstream of, of former soldiers and soldiers are friends with soldiers so if I can relieve the symptoms of your PTSD or cure it. Yeah. And this is like, uh, depression is one of the worst things that can happen to you. I can only speculate what PTSD is like, but I think it, I bet it's worse than depression. Yeah. It's, it's depression plus. Yeah. It's like, that's a, that's a component, a downstream component of PTSD, right? It's right. not even the whole thing. Fuck. A yeah. downstream component. So already the way these chemicals are being like explored is right now it's to treat a byproduct of the violence yeah but again what all that has to happen is enough people connect like what you're saying the ufc fighter if we get it to enough people connected 
to the groups of people that we don't have access to because they look at us and they're like, I don't speak your language, man. I don't know what you're talking about. You're annoying. You have a raspy lesbian voice. (laughs) Who the fuck do you think you are? Shut up, please. Can you shut up? I bet you can't. (laughs) They don't want to, but, but if it gets to like people who can go to their friends and in that language say, hey, this works. Yeah. And now generals are taking it because a general's going to wonder if I'm a general and I, and, and my soldiers are being treated with this stuff, I'm going to be like, what is it? What is it? What does it do if I take MDMA? What is that going to be like? Mm-hmm. And then just what you're saying, that pesky little side effect yep. that starts happening. You can't, you can't tamp it down forever, man. You nope. can't tamp it down forever. So maybe you're right. And Aubrey. then look at the, look at, so look at some of the indications of psilocybin. I mean, the psilocybin indications are so broad. And so if someone is going in, let's say they go in for alcohol addiction, right? And that's a very narrow, th- oh, I'm addicted to, or cigarette. They actually yeah. showed 80% of people right off the bat quit smoking cigarettes <laughs> when they took psilocybin. That's right? right. And it persisted to 61% or something like that over a long period of time. Way better than like Chantix and therapy. Yeah. which is the approved method, which is like 30%. So sure. double is effective. Let's say someone goes in for cigarette addiction. That's even easier. Oh yeah, I'm going to cure my smoking addiction. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Psilocybin does a billion other things too. Yeah. And all of these other things are starting to start to work. Yeah, you're going to put that cigarette down. But maybe that's because you love yourself better. Yeah. And maybe when you love yourself better, you're still loving people better. And so these things will start to work in the ways that you know, we're not even expecting. It's like the opposite of right. Pandora's box. It's like the yes, the, the panacea box. That's interesting. But and with the, especially with the uh, smoking cessation psilocybin treatment study, mm-hmm. this is what I've heard. I haven't looked at the papers, secondhand info, uh, but it came from someone who's a psychiatrist. So I think it's probably legit, but you can look it up on the internet to make sure. There is so when with the 70% cure rate, the 70% experienced a mystical state so so it's like if so when you're taking the psilocybin the there's a direct correlation between you stopping smoking and you having what is categorized as a mystical state during the experience so it's not just psilocybin 70 percent quit smoking psilocybin Oh fuck! Hi God! Oh shit! Oh go- oh God! Oh what? Oh right! Oh I forgot! Oh what was I doing to my body? Yeah. It's, oh yeah, smoking. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the doctor's like, like folk keep asking him about smoking. Like, yeah, I already told you I'm stopping smoking. But can I talk about what really happened? I talked to God. No, like, yeah. we don't care. They do care. What happened about smoking? This, that's what's hilarious about these programs is they actually have. Uh, broken down into like a, sci- a scientific version of a mystical experience. Here are the classifications of a mystical experience. They have ways of, of 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 diagnosing a mystical experience. Well, you've had a mystical experience, according to my analysis. And so this is really interesting, isn't it? Because uh, if you look at the idea, I was just talking about this with Zach Leary. Why, this is in the Bhagavad Gita, the question Arjuna asked Krishna is, what is it that causes a man to sin as, you know, archaic language, even though a man knows these things are fucking me up? And the answer is essentially, well, person, because the because you've forgotten about what about me, you've forgotten about the 
creative intelligence that exists in all things that's, com- that's made of love. And because of that, you're looking for it in the cigarettes. It's like, why am I going to smoke cigarettes if I found something that makes me feel a million times better than cigarettes, which is connection. The chemical allows you to remember the connection. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it opens the door. And then once that happens, all the addictions fall away or begin to fall away because it's like, why? Why would you eat a bowl of turds <laughs> when there's a, a nice hamburger right here? <laughs> it's almost like there's, there's two ways to remembering, right? There's the way of enlightenment and this kind of mind expansion, remembering that we are all God and connected to God and connected to love and we yeah. are consciousness. There's that way. Lots of psychedelics and expansion and meditation and yoga, whatever means that you might have to find that. Or you just hasten your way to death <laughs> yeah, right? wild where you just that's so self-destruct oh, your dude, way so, so that weird oh yeah i'll get there that way you know so Fuck. it's like one way or another perhaps the greatest human drive is to find your way back to that consciousness find your way back to dude, god one way or another through death or through ascension aubrey that's trippy yeah. that's so funny <laughs> You're like, I'll just destroy my body yeah. as a means of achieving enlightenment through the disintegration of my of the individuality mm-hmm. by death, by a biological death. That's really cool. That's a beautiful and sad thing. So, yeah. And this is what they say. You know, you see the junkie, you're looking at somebody who's almost a saint. You see a junkie. That's why they do have this, uh, what is it Neil Young says? Every junkie's like a set in sun. You know, it's like you do see this glow about them that's yeah. different than other people. It's the same kind of glow you see around the mystics. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like, yeah, no matter what, you're going, you're going home. You're going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of how much fucking fun you get to have. I mean, did you take the miserable shit ride where yeah. you're sliding down the water slide with broken glass yeah. and fucking sand and salt at the bottom? Yeah. Or are you going on the rainbow slide that makes this the funnest game on earth? Like, yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's like there's a lot of ways to get home. Yeah. And one of the, you don't have to like suck off truckers for meth. <laughs> Unless you like that. Unless that is your rainbow slide. That's right. Well, that's different. If that's your rainbow slide, (laughs) go for it. Because I do know, actually, I swear, I have a friend who that is like one of his forms of meditation. I'm not, but not for meth, but just sucking off truckers. But the, uh, the, which is fine. Makes him really happy. You have a lot of truckers that are like, hey, uh, can you let me know your friend's name? (laughs) Dude, it's quite surprising. He, like, he, uh, it's a really interesting thing that at truck stops there's these little like patches outside of truck stops where like um guys can like go and just just fuck in these little patches he explained the whole thing to me on one of my podcasts but i i don't remember if he said it on the podcast or before the podcast so i don't want to say it was but <laughs> like uh but i don't think he'd be embarrassed by it. but anyway the point is um well yeah we're all going home this is jack cornfield always says this quote by hafiz the poet, Sufi poet. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I hope you find better quarters. And it's, you know, you don't have to live in that cheap fucking junked out, addicted thing for your whole life. And this is the offering of the psychedelic. It's like, hey, hey, look, look. Come here. Look at this other room. Yeah. There's all these other... God, imagine how cool that'd be if you live in some shit apartment. And one day you were kind of like, like maybe putting a picture up. And you're like, wait, this is a door. <laughs> and you open the door and it leads into a palace. And you're like, oh my fucking God, there's a whole palace next to this room that I thought was everything. That's the psychedelic. You know, it shows you, oh yeah, 
you're living in a mansion. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's a, uh, you know, if enough people experience that, then yeah, man, world peace, right? Yeah. Well, that, that analogy, I just was talking to Dave Nichols about the mechanism of action of psilocybin and what he's talking about is really what they're finding is the dramatic increase in neural connectivity. So all aspects of your brain start communicating. Everything that was once compartmentalized then starts to open up and you realize it's much bigger. So it's really like perhaps your identification point of consciousness is somewhere more focused on that classic default mode network, maybe the amygdala, right. maybe these areas of the brain that are more fear responsive. Yeah. You forge this little protected apartment yeah. and all of a sudden the psilocybin comes in and starts blasting out walls. Yeah. Doosh, 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 yeah. doosh, and you're like, oh, uh, damn, <laughs> I got this massive compound. That's yeah, awesome. It's awesome. And then some of the walls come back up, but you have an awareness of like, Oh, those walls aren't really real. Like yeah. I got, I went over to this room and this room was amazing. Yeah. And I went to this room and then the brain remembers that and it kind of clears it out in a permanent way. It's cool. Yeah. That old scared ass self. Like you have to, like you'll suddenly realize like, oh, I'm being the scared me right now. Like, yeah. oh fuck, I don't have to be this person. Yeah. That's barely anything that I am at all. But it is a lot of people spend their whole life scared, freaked out. It's weird. You could even do it right now. Anyone listening could just you do it right now. Just imagine that that thing that's scared is a speck on the shirt of what you really are. And then you realize, like, actually, you're this super confident, happy, prolific, wonderful, loving person that's been pretending to be scared. You could just do that. You could just imagine, like, oh, shit, this angry thing I've been doing. It's just like a weird game of make-believe I got stuck in. And then you pop out of it. Well, I, you know, again... This actually came to me after this fucking, I don't want to say asshole, it's a very sweet dude, <laughs> gave me this powder that I blasted in my nose. I swear, man, I think there's something to it, Aubrey. I really do. I think there's, you know that. Yeah. And it's the uh, the idea, I mean, what you're talking about is is the classic awakening. It's like waking up to a, the reality that you're not all of these things that you thought you were. Yeah. This Buddhist that I started following, his name's Muji, Jamaican-born Buddhist, and he has... It, I listen to a lot of his talks and one of the things he says, is says you either wake up inside your body or you continue to wear your body like pajamas still oh, asleep. That's so funny. <laughs> right. You know, it's like you're either in your pajamas, uh, just sleepwalking around yeah. and all of a sudden you wake up and like, Doing. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know, that's right. pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just you, you do. You're like, Oh, Oh, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> I mean, just like anybody else. Like I've seen the videos dude on Ambien in an airport. I've, did you see that? The guy just no. unzips his pants and just starts pissing on the carpet of an airport. And you hear like people are like, Oh my God. It's <laughs> like, what's he doing? Well, he's fucked up. He's yeah. on Ambien. He doesn't know what he's doing. But how, when you look back at your life, how many times have you pissed in the middle of an airport in different ways, you know, because oh, yeah. you've been dead asleep, yeah. had no idea. You just thought the world sucked. And you said were... something shitty to somebody. Yeah. You did something. Got fucking... him. Ooh, yeah. I got him good. <laughs> oh, and you go home and you're like, ooh, I got him good. <laughs> how many, dude, one of the primary phone conversations, I love listening in on people in public on the phone. It's so fun to listen to the different lives happening. But if you hear all the time I hear, and that's when I told him, bop, bop, bop. And I got him good. Some uh -huh. version of it. And then I said, bop, bop, bop. The, the game verbal of like, version of the three snaps. Yeah. I got him good. <laughs> I got her good. Yeah. That's every, People are spending their whole lives playing the game of like, I got, I got Get him. Backs. Yeah. And that's a really, really 
unfortunate and boring game to play. Yeah. I mean, especially when you get that conscious perspective that that's, you're just doing it to yourself. It's just the other version of yourself in the different life, right? Like it can't possibly work. No one gives a shit. Anyone who's gotten me back, I forget about it within like eight minutes. Like (laughs) if you get me back, I promise you, I'll be like, maybe like, I'll be like, wow, you really got me. But the next day, that's never going to cross my mind again. So while you're like, ooh, I really do, did I get that asshole? While you're like, ooh, yeah, like some Gargamel fucking warlock in your tower of doom. Well, you know, you're you're having a seizure of pain. (laughs) No one's remembering the darts you threw at them. They're just, no one's thinking about it, probably. And if they are, well, congrats. You know, that's an extra fart in your fucking life <laughs> floating around. Yeah, that's that other thing that when you do get perspective and you do get to have that mirror eventually shown to you, then that's that, ah, fuck moment. That God dang God it. damn it. Why did I do that? Why was I living that way? It's like being in a water park and deciding to sit in the urinal. Like, oh, this is the best. I love this water park. Oh, God, flush it again. Flush it again. This is an amazing ride. You're like surrounded by like water slides and lazy rivers and wave pools. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, what? You mean there was other rides than the urinal ride? That fucking piss ride I spent my whole life in? That's it, man. And that's the, that's this, I think probably is a sad moment in a person's life if you get too close to the end and you realize you, you were the urinal right you were fucking sitting in a toilet in a water park for your whole life and pretending you were in the ocean and it's like that's a tragedy which is yeah. why there is a if you are a suffering person if you're lost in pain if you're lost in depression or whatever the fuck it is you gotta fight right you gotta fight because it's a water park it's a blast out here man it's so worth it it's yeah. so worth it if you do and you think like People are so obsessed with this idea of control, right? But the people obsessed with this idea of control aren't really in control. And that's like the great illusion of it all. Like you're trying, I don't want to take psychedelics. I'm afraid of losing control. Bitch, you're not in control right Right. now. Your fucking fear's in control. Oh, that's good. Your lust is in control. All of these things are actually controlling you right now. And this thing that you're saying, I'm worried about losing control, it's really actually gaining control. It's like the whole backwards game. Wild. Big joke of the universe. Like, yeah, I don't want to lose control. I like being in control. Motherfucker, you're so far from being in control. (laughs) You know, you got this little tiny reptilian and basilisk yes. in your brain called the amygdala it looks oh. like a fucking super mario villain just <laughs> calling out the shots just bowser like do yeah. this do this yeah dude yes take, take the mushroom ride my friend <laughs> go down the tube beat the bowser yeah yeah man it's so true it's so funny that the people the primary reason that people reject psychedelics is a fear of losing control the implication being they think they're in control yeah meanwhile they're taking ambient and pissing in a fucking airport yeah yeah no shit they're going through their fourth divorce you yeah. know they're like it's not that if you're going through your fourth divorce it necessarily means you're in control of outer or whatever but yeah that's a really funny thing the illusion of control this is the one of the primary elements of this t- path of bhakti yoga that i've studied a little bit is the conceptualization of uh the question is what actually one of the questions is what is controlled and what is controlling? So who is the supreme controller and who is that which is controlled? And the idea is that the suffering of a person 
happens because of just what you're saying. Suffering comes because a person thinks they're in control. They have the idea is, of course, this is a theistic religion, but I'm citing that a photon explodes out of the sun. Mm-hmm. It's not the sun, but it came from the sun and has the qualities of the sun. A person comes out of God. The person is not God. It's a particulate of God. And yet the person still has the same predilections that the supreme identity has. And the supreme identity is completely in control and yet completely renounced, which is one of the interesting ways they describe it. Fully in control, fully renounced to anything that happens, fully somehow in the state of controlling the most smallest particle and yet not there at all. So Mm -hmm. these two opposites are meeting the yin and the yang or or whatever. So a person instinctually is like, I've got to control everything because I'm a part of God, that impulse. And that's when you've, you know, that's when the suffering starts because it's like, what are you really controlling? Like, what can you control? Really? Really? (laughs) You know, your room, I guess, your house, putting pictures on the wall, maybe the way you drive. But then it's like, God, this woman at the Ramdas retreat pointed this thing out. She was like, odds are you're not going to remember anything that's happening right now because most people are living in a forgotten memory, which we live in, you know, like you don't remember shit. It's true. So if you don't remember it, how are you in control there? You weren't even there. There wasn't even, there's huge swaths of your experience that are just gone. You don't know what you ate four days ago. You don't know the last, you know what I mean? If you try to think back seven pisses ago. Gone. Gone. Where were you? You knew you were pissing somewhere. I mean, maybe you could do it. 14 pisses? No way. I think I might be able to go back seven, but it's like probably, you know, so just these fundamental strange actions that a human has to do as part of the life process, you don't remember. And then it's, of course, the classic example is the meal. And it's just the meal, the porn you looked at. Go back eight porn hubs ago. Do you remember what you're looking at? Only no. when I'm puking it in a Marriott <laughs> City Center <laughs> trash can. Yeah, watching <laughs> then, it. Then I remember it clearly. <laughs> yeah, that control and then permanence. We're always struggling for permanence as if we're going to yeah. get to something that we can finally happen that's permanent. So I think Stan Groff was great when he was saying, you know, he was talking about some of the physicists that he's talked to. He's like, there are no such things as nouns. There's only processes. I'm not Stan Groff. I'm Stan Groffing. Oh, I love this it. This is not a table that's tabling, uh, you know, because so cool. everything is in motion, but we have this idea that something is permanent. Nothing's fucking permanent, Continuum. which is the futility of attachment. The more we try to hold on to something and make it stay, it won't. It'll just keep going till our fingers break and our nails rip off yeah. from the pain of trying to hold on to something that inherently can't be held on to. Fuck yeah. That's beautiful too because i love that because if we have a spectrum of self and if you allow yourself to take the leap that yourself isn't necessarily dependent for on your body for to to be that you might be something that's transcends matter and is exploring matter in the form of your identity but it's maybe not dependent on your body and your on on your body being here. So that means this continuum is infinite and if it's a continuum that means there's a connection right now because of our spot in the time-space continuum and the way we perceive time, we're only going to see this moment. We can barely remember the past, certainly can't see the future. But if it is a continuum that isn't limited to biologic, to our life, to, to our, our bodies existing, then potentially on this continuum, there's some sub- 
perfected version of ourselves. Yeah. And if that's the case, we're connected to that right now because it's a continuum. And if we're connected to that right now, then could we not draw energy from it? Because we're connected. And maybe when we find our hands blasting snuff into our nose, and maybe when the miracles happen, it, where we start healing ourselves and we think, all right, you know what? I, I'm going I'm to start working out. I am going to start eating better. I'm going to, maybe what's actually happening is the actualized self at whatever point in the continuum where we achieve realization is sending to us or drawing us into it, you know, or getting closer and closer to that self. So, and so, you know, if you want an easy way to fix your atheist problem and you don't want to believe in God or use those words, I get it. You could just think, oh, I'm connected to my higher self on an infinite continuum. And I'm going to try to reach out to that perfected self for advice, for healing, for inspiration. And it fucking works. It really does work, man. Hell yeah. You know, the other thing, when you think about it on the cosmic scale, right? All right, so we have this big bang, which is all matter expanding from a single point, yeah. right? A single unicity, a single singularity. Yes. Which is, you know, if as above, so below, you know, yeah. matter corresponding to whatever else there is in that other dimension, which we would call God or source or whatever. But there is a point where we were all going back to singularity, to a single unicity with the divine. And then boom, we're all those photons from the sun, all of with our own particulate. But we're connected to the singularity always. We're connected to the perfection of all things and the wisdom of all things. Because it has to be, because it's actual all of matter getting compressed to that one point and bursting out forth. That's right. In the cyclical nature of this big bang, which I don't think, I don't think we physically, you know, physics has proven that it's going to go contract back to a point and burst forth. But the fact that everything else in the universe is a cycle strongly lends me to believe that that's the way it goes. Big bang, and then collapse back to a single point, then big bang, the giant heartbeat of God. Or the other one is big. The big bang is actually a white hole. I love that outflow. So the big bang is another universe rubbing into this universe. So it gets fractal. Yeah. And then this universe gets sucked into a black hole that blasts out into another universe. So we're kind of like the, uh, like an overflow flowing septic tank from another (laughs) universe. (laughs) This is what happens when God flushes the toilet. It just sprays out a fucking dimension with people who are like, I'm going to control everything. Uh, Urinal water slide. Yeah. Yeah. Urinal broken glass water slide. Let's fucking do it. I don't know why I'm doing a lot of fucking toilet jokes today aubrey uh well my brother it's been a pleasure as pleasure always. thank you for having me man you're Fuck smart yeah. i love being around you make i me love happy. being around you duncan cool thanks man anything uh you got comedy shows or shit you want to point people to this will come out sometime in may so in may well uh let's see i'm doing a bunch of it by then i'll just be doing a bunch oh yeah May 16th. It's on my website, com. doing a live podcast with uh, Alex and Allison. Great. Potentially, they did, they, we did talk about it. I got to remind them because maybe, who knows, stuff happens. But I am doing a live DTFH with, I think, Alex and Allison Gray. Awesome. I pray for that, but I think it will happen. Um, so that's going to happen. And everybody listen to the Duncan Trussell podcast is fucking amazing dunk Russell family are so fucking good thanks man i appreciate it yeah for Thank sure you. cool all right everybody see you later bye thanks for tuning into this classic conversation with myself and duncan trussell once again check out his show midnight gospel and of course on it.com slash aubrey for 10 percent off everything 
Thanks so much, fam. See you next week.